Blog Talk Radio. There's something outside. What is that? Radio. Welcome to another episode of On the Shoulders of Giants, Talking Old Timers with Thomas. In the studio here with me is the one and only Thomas Steenberg. Thomas, how you doing? I'm doing just fine, dear. Doing just fine. Feeling pretty good. Just came in from the from the bush myself about ten minutes ago. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah. Now you um <laughs> Oh, go ahead. I said, I'm sitting here soaking wet. <laughs> oh, no. That's yeah. not good. Oh, yeah, we got poured on, but it was it was, uh, it was an interesting time out. <laughs> I bet. Now, you recently went to a conference. Um, was that in Canada or? No, no, down in, uh, in Lacey, Washington, where uh, – uh, Chris Murphy's traveling exhibit is uh, being displayed in the Lacey Museum from uh, May 31st to uh, the end of August. So the oh, opening okay, that's right. My bad. We went down there and we gave some talks and uh, and uh, got off to a, a, a pretty running start, I think. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So you you listeners that are in the area, go check that out. Well, so we're going to have to look. Yeah, yeah, they uh, did a real good job. The Lacey Museum is a one of these old, old uh, houses that have been converted to a museum, but they did a real good job trying to put out as much of the exhibit as they could. Wow. I wish I could go check that out. <laughs> well, so here's what we're doing tonight. Um, I was thinking about showing Ohio some love. And, of course, the, the person that came to my mind would be Mike Feltner of the Ohio Night Stalkers. Um, so that's who we have as our guest tonight. Mike, how you doing? Hey, how you doing, Julie? How you doing, Thomas? Doing good. Let's do it. Pretty good. darn good, Mike. Pretty darn good. So what I wanted to do is talk about, um, you know, this show is talking about quote-unquote old-timers, not necessarily old people, Thomas, but old-timers. And Michael by that I mean people who <laughs> have been around the, the Bigfoot community for a long time who made some, you know, major contributions to um, the whole enigma. And, of course, Don Keating from Ohio uh, was another person that 
I thought of. So who better to discuss Dawn than than you two? So that's what I want to talk about tonight. And I know, Mike, now you you actually were uh, mentored by Dawn Keating. Is that correct? Mike? Where Mike? I think we're Mike, are you there? Are you Can you hear me? Muted? Hello? Mike? Oh, hey. <laughs> um, yes, uh, you're, I can hear you now. You were actually mentored by Don Keating, is that correct? Mike? Can you hear me now? Uh, Can you hear me yes. now? Okay. Yes. I don't know what keeps happening. Okay. So, okay, I'm here. So, okay. after my <laughs> Yes, tell us about after, that with Don Keating. Okay, how that all so, happened. Okay, well, that happened uh actually Don was at a paranormal conference in Dayton, Ohio. I was intrigued by Bigfoot as a child. I actually hunted a lot with my aunt and uncles and, you know, but I was intrigued by Bigfoot. So, I met Don Keating at a paranormal conference in 1995, and that's when he actually showed his white individual Bigfoot video that he uh, got recorded in Coshocton County in 92. And I got his first book called The Buckeye Bigfoot. Uh, he actually signed it. I still have it, 10-24-1996. Uh, and as I got older, you know, time goes on. I would be interested in, you know, in the stuff that Don was doing. Internet came out, so I actually went uh, to my first uh, Tri-State Bigfoot study group in uh, 2000. I became a researcher in 99, and then um, off and on. And then at 2001, I know I met Thomas. Um, he was in Newcomerstown at Don's conference. And then Don, of course, moved the conference to Salt Fork State Park uh, May in May of 2005. So that's that's how I met Don. And then he would take us out. He would take me out in the field because I would actually go to his meetings and I'd sit in the back, kind of just be like a you know, you know, mouth closed, ears open type of person, and just I would just love it. I would drive about three and a half hours to his meetings and leave in the middle of the night. And then he said, Hey, you know, you, you want to go out to the field with me and stuff. And I started going out and I've been hooked ever since. Awesome. And now Thomas, you actually had did a, um, Don's show up there at Salt Fork. Yeah. Is I was invited correct? by Don to uh, speak to one of his conferences. Uh, I think of that was 2001, wasn't it, Mike? Yeah, that was in Newcomerstown, correct. Yeah, Newcomerstown, and uh, okay. it was held in a uh, gymnasium in a high school, and the place was absolutely packed. I was always really impressed at how you know, how the interest was in the Sasquatch in in, in uh, Newcomerstown, Ohio. 
Uh, I mean, they get audience and interest, public interest, that the Pacific Northwest could only dream of sometimes at these conferences. <laughs> I always admire how Don always got the crowd. Uh, but, uh, yeah, and then we went and looked around and had a look at that sighting where uh, at the area where he had the the, the video tape of the, the white Sasquatch walking along the road, down by the road there. Very interesting case. We took a long mm-hmm. hike in the woods, and that's you know, Don Keating is one of the main first uh, researchers who kind of convinced me that uh, in the Pacific Northwest, we oh, for many years had a, had a sort of like a, a, a blocked mind to anything really east of the Rocky Mountains, if you know what I mean. Like we always <laughs> thought Sasquatch was uh, a Pacific Northwest phenomenon. And up until about 1995, I was kind of in that camp too. But guys like Don are the uh, good researchers, and I had to admit they were good, they were uh, they were doing some good stuff, and uh, made me wonder because uh, being from the uh, northern Ontario myself, I knew Canada was all wilderness, but I always pictured the eastern part of the United States as uh, kind of like Europe. You know, their idea of wilderness is the little batches of trees in between towns. <laughs> but when I got there, I observed myself that, no, the towns are little, little specks in great big batches of wilderness. So you yeah. have the idea of Sasquatch uh, existing in, in the eastern part of the continent, in the United States, yeah, I fully accept that possibility now. And it's mainly tied to, like, to guys like uh, Don Keating that uh, that uh, uh, had me open my mind a little Oh, that's awesome to hear that. Yeah, and uh, by the way, is Don still active? I haven't heard from him in a long time. Um, Don is—he's retired, Thomas. He—he uh, he was actually in Seth Breedlove's Small Town Monsters on the Trail of Bigfoot, but uh, he's a weather guy, and um, he's kind of got a new family. But uh, you know, he's done this, uh, you know, retrospect. Don, in August of 1984, in New Philadelphia, Ohio, at the Public Library, that's where Don got the book Sasquatch Apes Among Us from John Green. Mm-hmm. And he contacted John, and, you know, and then, then he started getting reports from Ohio and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, he's he's retired now, but he's done that, uh, oh, man, you know, from 84 – you know, and he'd done the conferences to about 2012, so. Yeah. You know, I still, uh, you know, he is my mentor, so, you know, he, sometimes people bash him a lot, but, man, he's done a lot of respect for Ohio because he has reports. I, ha- I have a lot of his newspaper clippings and stuff that it's just, it's just mind-boggling, and, and he is one of the reasons, like, somebody like you, you know, that has changed your mind about, you know, Ohio, Pennsylvania, anything like that. I mean, it's massive wilderness, and uh, yeah, yeah, you know, it's great. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's it's one of the fondest memories I got of Don is when he made one of his uh, 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 documentaries on old VHS tapes on the yes. I still have it here. He did a few of them. I still have it here, but I don't have a VHS player that can play the darn thing anymore. Uh, but uh, it's so funny when he starts talking to the camera. It's a beautiful sunny, and he talks for about fifteen minutes. By the time it's over, it looks like he's about to be carried away by a tornado. <laughs> yes, I have that. Actually, like the wind came, came up that fast and that hard. 
<laughs> he kept going. <laughs> yeah, Ron was kind of a, a landmark person for that. He, uh, you know, he, he before, you know, like the Seth Breedlubs and the Bill and Amy Lancasters, I mean, he was out there filming these things and filming mm-hmm. documentaries. And Don actually started in 1989, you know, here in uh, America, the first ever Bigfoot conference. Even the Pacific yeah. Northwest didn't even have nothing like that. So, man, mm. you got to give somebody like that props, totally. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, he kind of – he opened the door to all that and uh, brought that concept forward and, you know, made it happen. And he, he drew some pretty impressive, respected people to do his his conferences. So, you know, kudos for that. So, Mike, let and me you ask you a question. When you guys uh, – when you guys were out in the the woods there, what section of Ohio did you mostly uh, research together? Was there one well, area, or did you go to different places? Or well, places? yeah, yeah, we would go Coshocton, Salt Fork. Uh, before I, I, you know, I had my own areas of what where I go to now, and you know, over here by Adams County and Shawnee, that's where I went because I would just literally drive. I literally drived every other weekend to Salt Fork. And, you know, I actually had my encounter there uh, with Eric Altman was in Salt Fork in uh, 2008. But, uh, yeah, it was all those areas out there. And I remember the first time going out, I was just so excited, right? And, of course, then I had to use my hunting sense, like, okay, that that's an owl or that's a coyote. It's like, okay, you know. And But I, I stuck with it because it was like, all right. Then at, for a long time, I was like, is there really, you know, is there Bigfoot out here? But it was just awesome. Cause Shockton, uh, they call that the Sasquatch Triangle. That's a beautiful place, you know. And and mm-hmm. I go back to like when Don started, like in '84. Go back in the '80s and him trying to do Bigfoot meetings and a conference in '89. That's so taboo back then. Now it's like mm-hmm. there's Bigfoot stuff all over. But that had to be because I've talked to him and talked to other people. It's like that was taboo. That was like unheard of to get farmers or you know, the people that lived out in cabins to talk about these things, that had to be so hard. Then get made fun of, you know, definitely get made fun mm-hmm. of. Uh, wow. it was a definite target of ridicule, that's for sure. Yes. So, yep. Thomas, let me ask you now, when you uh... – I know that I, I watched the uh, the White Bigfoot video before, and I know that he actually went back to the area and um, did a lot of study about how fast it was going, what size it was, you know, could have been. And it presented a lot of good uh, science, if you will, about the subject. He didn't just present this video and say, look, I think this might be a Sasquatch. He actually did some really good uh, boots-on-the-ground work to back up why he thought it was that. Um, And I know, Thomas, that you you are one of those stick-to-the-facts kind of people. Now, did you ever uh, read about what he, you know, his recreation and Everything that he um, documented. Absolutely, as a matter of fact. Yeah. Absolutely, as a matter of fact, I had a theory myself. I thought 
it was a uh, I thought it was possible because the roadway is right there where this subject was and I thought that because he 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 had it the camera on his shoulder pointing to his right as he's walking back remember he never saw what he picked up on the camera right uh, at least that was the story back then I don't know what it is now and when he turned back towards the lake, basically, that's when you see the thing wandering around. I always, I had the theory that because of the sun and direction and everything, that maybe it was a reflection of an oddly shaped white vehicle on the road that he caught on the camera. And I, I asked him if that was a possibility, and he didn't think so. So he actually took me to the site and explained why that he didn't think so. And I got to admit, he had a point. Because there's... Oh, yeah. there's as I recall, that uh, at the time, on the road, there is a large mound of earth, kind of like a dike, I guess you'd call it, between where the filming location was and the road that this thing was apparently on. So if it was if it was a vehicle of some kind, it would have to have been a very massive one to be able to see it from his position uh, over the top of the dike. So it almost looked like to me like it was something running on uh, after he explained that to me. Uh, it could have been something or an odd, very odd-looking someone moving on top of the dike. And I only use the term dike because I can't think of anything else to call it, maybe a knoll or something like that. It's basically a wall of earth uh, where mm-hmm. some fence on it as well. Yeah. Uh, but you see, he when he filmed it, he never saw it. He, uh, he was just had the camera pointing in that direction as he was shifting position. And you just see this thing before it goes off a of camera because he's switching the camera back around to the lake to concentrate again on what he was concentrating on before. Wow. Mm-hmm. So when yeah, you went it's... there and you, you actually observed the location, um, yes, yes. <clears throat> you got a better idea yes, of was, why he felt it's always that so that was different. Eye view perspective rather than what you just see on 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 the on the uh, TV screen. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he he had the, he took good measurements and you know. Oh, absolutely. He yeah. was able to determine mm-hmm. the approximate size. So yeah, I mean, I love that. I love watching people who take that time to back up their their claims or their thoughts or what they perceive. You know, going back and doing that and then taking other people to the side, that that's all so transparent. And I think, um, you know, we need a lot more of that type of uh, investigative work done in order to be taken serious. And, uh, you know, sometimes that's lacking. Well, the whole and thing was... Like when people say, well, there's a portal and something came out of the portal. I mean, you know, we, we've just yeah, gotten yeah, so yeah, far yeah, uh, Don's attitude was, I picked something up strange. I'm going to try to find out what it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he were, at the time, he wasn't uh, claiming that it was definitely utterly a Sasquatch. He tended to think it was possible, but he wasn't saying it was definite. But he really mm-hmm. went all out to try to find out what else it could be. And I think it was my suggestion. Yeah, I love that. It was a reflection of a vehicle or something moving along the road. That caught his interest, and he and he really checked on that, and he basically said, "No, I don't think it could have been, could have been based on his measurements and the height of the knoll or the dike or whatever you want to call it." And I had to admit, he had a point. So, 
<laughs> Excellent work. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's, Mike, uh, when you were uh, being mentored by Don, um, how many years did you, you know, go out in the field with him? Uh, well, around 2000. Uh, it was around. Actually, it was around 2001 too. And it was a. It took a long time for him to actually. He took me and my wife Pam to the film sites. And wow. when I because I I have the video of it zoomed in and you can see it is an individual. It's not a car or nothing. It is, and the fence post. I want to say I, I know Don ain't here. I, I want to say it was like almost four feet. The fence post. It's still there. And uh, the waist of this thing is over that fence post while it's walking. And about three years ago, me and Mike went out, my group, and it was just me and him. And we went to the film side at night. And the trees from even back then, the big pine trees are huge. And in the distance, we was hearing like wood knocks and no no bugs or nothing. And they have that little like kind of like a pond. Nobody fishes there at night. They're like scared to death. And Oh really? Besides the, besides the encounter I had in 2014, that was the scariest night I've ever had been out been out in the you know the woods there because I was just like freaked out. I'm like, oh my god, that we're hearing this stuff. And uh, <laughs> and one night we was there and it sounded like a big rock got thrown into the to the the pond over there, but it was on the other side. So we actually went around the pond and didn't see it, didn't see nothing at all. But uh. It's a creepy area, and they call that the Sasquatch Triangle. But I personally believe it's almost like the Patterson-Gimlin film. It, it, I think he caught something, uh, and I don't know if the sun reflected it to make it look white, or you know you you hear like white Sasquatches. I don't know what it is, but he definitely caught something, and he he had no idea wow. he, he caught that. I think he I, caught I, that. I tend nine. to think there was a little bit of overexposure on on the VCR because some of the foliage in the trees look unusually whitish too. Yes, that could I be the reason were... why why the subject did. It may be more of a gray color in actuality, but because there was some overexposure, uh, it appeared more white than it actually was. Because a lot of the leaves and foliage also does. And I do yes. believe, correct me if I'm wrong, but that lake or pond, there was there's been a, a there was a whole rash of incidents around there, reports, and it has a history. Correct? Yes. Absolutely. There's a lot of activity that has been uh, there. Actually, I, I believe he recorded that nine fifteen ninety one, mm-hmm. and uh, I got to see that in ninety five. But yes, you're right, Thomas. There, there's 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 still history. Uh, I want to give a shout out to David Weckman. His nickname, nickname's Taters, who lives out in that area. But uh, yeah, there's still activity out in that area. Oh, and I'm also made point out that was almost. Uh, Six months to a year before Doc noticed was anything on the video. <laughs> yes. Wow, that's right. <laughs> yeah, that is amazing. He was watching it and and that caught his eye and and it yeah, went on from there. What the heck was that? Because he had so much video of other stuff and stuff, he just never really reviewed it for a while. And when he finally did, he said, "Well, what the hell is that?" Yeah, I yeah I can recall. I think he was going through tapes and stuff, and was like mm-hmm. bored one night, and then he seen something, and that's what caught his eye. So he's seen that. Mm-hmm. So pretty impressive. That's, we will never know the the whole uh, truth, you know, but it, it's something. 
amazing. So, Mike, what do you, um, what kind of things did Don stick out in your mind that that you learned from Don Keating that you may not um, have learned from anybody else? Well, definitely, you know, of course, being a woodsman myself, always keep your skeptics on this and that, and. You know, we was at Salt Fork. I know Robert Morgan was there, but we was at Salt Fork before it blew up on Monster Quest and Finding Bigfoot. And and now, Thomas, I don't know if you've ever been there, but when we used to go to Salt Fork State Park, if you went into the gift shop, there was no Bigfoot merchandise. Now that's all there is. But, (laughs) you know, I mean, it was just like, wow, there's stuff going on here. And then, you know, and then when you go there – Actually, on the Finding Bigfoot, because I can, you know, I just saw, I was just hanging out with Cliff, and, you know, I told them that the one episode where Moneymaker and it's Renee's up on the hill, and they do a vocalization, that is actually a a lady named Nancy Snodgrass. That's her vocalization, so that park just got so overexposed. And then that's the kind of the, the weave of Dawn, like, getting, like, man, this place... It's special, and then all of a sudden, everybody in the world's there. So, but Don taught me a lot of things, and I'll, I'll be grateful for that because he actually, where I'm at now, he took me out. He took me under under his wing, and I don't think if if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. Wow, that's so good because you know so many times uh, people don't really get the credit they deserve, and this whole Bigfoot community, quote unquote, can be harsh. <laughs> can be like dog eat dog, cutthroat. Um, and I know that Don, you know, he. I've never met Don, but from what I've heard from you and other people, he was just very much a bulldog. Does that sound about right? Yes. He didn't take no <laughs> BS. Awesome. He was our Ohio's Rene DeHinden, if you want to put it that way. Wow. Amazing. <laughs> In a great way. So. <laughs> <laughs> Minus the personality, yep. Tom. <laughs> yes. Yes. So that's amazing that he did the um, – he, he moved his conferences up to Salt Fork Lake. And then he he uh, kind of got out of the whole thing. Um, I mean, is, is he he's retired now? But now, have do you talk to him much at all anymore, Mike? Or uh, just every now and then, I gave him a big hug when he uh, when Seth's film on the track of Bigfoot was shown in Canton, Ohio, a few months ago. He showed up, you know, because he's in there, and it was just it actually brought me a tear to my eye just to see him there, you know, because. You know, he's like an enigma anymore, you know, because – and like you said, it's sad where some of these guys just don't get the credit they deserve. I mean, like how the conference has turned into, and there's people that have no idea. Uh, August no, of 2004 – no, August of 2004, um, uh, a gentleman named Mike and his wife named Lisa had a sighting there. And they seen this individual, this Bigfoot creature, you know, playing before it got dark, and that's what put Salt Fork on the map. And you could talk to people, and they're like, well, who's that? And I'm like, man, these are – so when that happened, 
Salt Fork exploded, and in 2005, the conference ends up there. So, yeah. Hmm. That's amazing. Yes. Now, he had found um, – I, I saw some some archived pictures of him holding some tracks that he had, uh, you know, picked up along the way. And uh, now, did he have an actual encounter himself, do you know, Don? Yes, Don. I can't remember exactly when. I think it was in the mid-'80s. He he had okay. something that happened to him on some farmland. I would have to look at my notes. I can't I can't recall. I I know it's in right. the the Seth film. He tells about that. So okay, you might yeah, point and out. that uh, documentary. Um, I've yet to to watch it. I need to get. That's on my list of things to do. But I've heard a lot of great things about that. So if you, listeners, if you haven't gotten it yet, uh, go to Small Town Monsters website and. Uh, Get yourself the DVD, and while you're there, pick up all of them because they're they are excellent, well done. Um, have a lot of uh, good in- investigators and stories in those those documentaries. Along with you uh, and uh, Mike, were in that the last one, right? Yes. Yeah, we talk about uh, we talk about what happened to us, and then. Uh, Actually, we go out on, on location with Seth and uh, Shannon LeGrow. Actually, uh, we pick up some, some kind of weird vocalization. So, yeah, it's it pretty good. Mm. Dang. Actually, it sounds just like the stuff that we've recorded. So, yeah, Dave was pretty happy about that. Wow. And was yeah. that at night? Yes, it was. It was in Dang. Adams County. Oh, you know, Adams County, Ohio could be super creepy at night from what from what I hear. <laughs> uh, well, it butts up with Shawnee, you know, and that's 63,000 acres, so, yeah, it's yeah. a lot of stories. Absolutely. So, Thomas, another, um, oh, go ahead. Yeah, there was another video that Don Keating was uh, involved with, and I think Mark DeWorth was... Uh, also involved with it. By the way, is Mark DeWurst still active? He runs mm-hmm. the conference now. Yeah, okay. Now, and uh, they came up to Vancouver here. Uh, this was really the first time I met Don face-to-face. They came up to Vancouver here when we were having the uh, Sasquatch Symposium in the Planetarium and, and Museum in Vancouver. And while they were here, they displayed a videotape they took in Ohio of something that was in very, very thick bush. And you don't really get a good look at it, but you can tell there's something moving in amongst the trees, right? And you get a bit of a shot of what could be uh, the shape of a maybe a face or a head or something. And uh, they, they were communicating with Don on the radio because he was in another location checking in another little area. And you can hear, I believe it was Mark's voice, Say, you know, come on over here, we got something, and we're filming it right now, and blah, blah, blah. And, and you can hear their voices uh, talking to each other as they're seeing it, and someone starts calling out to it and talking to it, and you hear Don say, oh, for God's sakes, don't talk to it. People will think you're really nuts. Don't talk to it. But there was definitely something there, but you just can't make out what it is. 
whether it was a Sasquatch or the head of a moose in, in real, real thick bush, who knows? But they kind of lost sight of it, and it kind of slipped away, and, and and you never really got a good look at it. But it was a fascinating piece of footage. Mm-hmm. I've never seen that one. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about, Mike? Just... Yep. Yeah, I have yep. it on the evidence mounts. Yep, I do. Yep. 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 It's... I I I I was never. I must have watched it a, a half a dozen times. And when I was there with uh, Don and Mark, and we were looking at trying to figure out what the heck this thing is, have no idea because it's just yeah, so. It's it, pretty- the bush there was so thick you couldn't you couldn't move without um, well snapping a hundred branches, whatever. And wow! You, you don't get a really good look at it, but you can tell there's something there because it moved. And uh, <laughs> and you can hear them talking to each other, and Don comes and joins them because he was somewhere else. Of course, you hear Don's voice over a walkie-talkie set, and then suddenly he's there with them, and, and then they start calling out to him. And, and so uh, I, uh, Mark DeWorth, and I guess there was one or two other guys there as well who were doing research with them at the time because one guy actually says something, as I recall, and you've got to forgive me if I'm not accurate on this because it's been now about – 13 years since I last looked at this footage, like, hey, good looking, what are you doing, and things like that. <laughs> hey, you just hear Don say, oh, for God's sake, don't talk to her like that. People really think they're nuts. <laughs> <laughs> that does sound like DeHendon right there, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. No, DeHendon would have reminiscent of DeHendon. don't talk like that. Renee would have said. Yeah, yeah, I can see that happening. Yeah. And now they filmed that in Ohio as well? Yes. Yes, they did. Do you recall exactly where that was, Mike? I want to say, oh, man, I know the name of the road. Uh, I can't remember if it was in Newcomerstown or not, mm-hmm. but it was somewhere out there. It may have been in Coshocton, too, but it was it's one of them places. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like yeah, to take so some Ohio's, of these um, Ohio's, isn't it one of the top five states where uh, you could see a Sasquatch according to how many reports have been filed? Yeah, I think we're seven. We're ranked seven. Oh, seven, okay. okay. I knew it was up there. I don't there see it break and, anything, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's something like that. Well, really, before, there wasn't, uh, before dawn, there wasn't really been anybody keeping records of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're yeah, right. So who knows? I mean, every report that's that's actually documented, and think of how many are not. So, um, there's a lot of people that that don't come forward because of ridicule no. and all the stuff that goes along with that. And um, well, now to well, but today I know the, I actually lived in Ohio for many years, and there was definitely. Some some sightings um, about 20 minutes from my door, you know, um, where I lived in Ohio. And there was a, a place over there that we investigated several times. A man had allegedly saw one of these creatures on his property three different times. And, um, you know, it was like you said, Thomas, you wouldn't think where this was at. There would be enough woods for something to hide out, but... 
outside of our, where we lived, once you drove out, it's nothing but woods, 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 and then a few small towns dotted here and there for, you know, miles and miles. And uh, <clears throat> well, this thing was at his property for a couple of years, and he saw it, you know, like I said, three times. But um, there's definitely something going on in Ohio. And this creature threw a, a branch at this guy's head and knocked off his hat one time. And after that, he wasn't so interested in, in trying to go out there on his property and, and find it, <laughs> you know, because it kind of freaked him out pretty good. But, yeah, there's uh, definitely something going on in Ohio. A lot of good researchers uh, coming out of there. I know the Ohio Night Stalkers bring a lot to the table, and, you know, the Northeast, we've got Ohio, we've got Pennsylvania. I mean, Ohio and Pennsylvania have some very creepy Sasquatch stories. I know a story yeah. that Dodd investigated, uh, and actually it was a retired cop who got to keep his German Shepherd, his canine, and this happened probably maybe 12 years ago. Um, this gentleman, if, if you don't care to, if, if you don't care if I tell the story, Julie. No, go ahead. We I, love stories. Okay, well, this gentleman, he was a retired cop. He got to keep his dog like they do, and him and his wife got a divorce, and they shared custody of their 12-year-old. So she would drop him off, and then he would have to drive like almost three hours. And this is in outside, I, I want to say Scioto County, actually near the areas we're at near Shawnee. And he would have to drive to go take his son home. One evening he was with his girlfriend, and they was eating dinner, and he got dropped off. And his son ran in and said, Bob, or he said, Dad, me and Mom, you know, she dropped me off, and there's a Bigfoot standing there. And he didn't believe him. Well, livestock started happening to them, some weird stuff. They started tracking, but he, he had no idea. So one night, his German Shepherd was outside, and he was making a weird noise. And uh, he ran right through uh, the back door of his house. There was like a glass sliding door where you know his dog went through. He went through it and just like hey. went to the back of his house. And dogs, you know... I know Mike has the same story that he got picked up like that, but dogs don't do that. And then stuff started happening. One evening, he had like a couple cows, and he had a bull. And because what happened was it was his grandfather's property, then it was his dad's, and then it was his. It was like it stayed in the family. Well, he heard his bull going crazy, so he took his gun, shotgun, and he opened the, he turned the light on. He seen this Bigfoot like – like just standing in a pasture, right? And this bull just like, mm. like, what the hell is that? It's going crazy. Mm. He shot at it, missed it, and like tore down and ripped off like part of this barbed wire fence. And then um, a couple, you know, then that freaked him out, just totally freaked out. He didn't know what to say, you know, who to call or what, you know, because he's a cop. And then a few, right? Like it was, like, it was like a few months later, his son had a dance program. Um. I think he, yeah, he was, he was, he was, no, it was a play, excuse me, it was play. So him and his girlfriend at the time went to 
you know, see his son in this play. So he kept his German shepherd outside, you know, to like, hey, you're going to stay out here. So driving two hours there, two hours back. So when he got back, it was like one o'clock in the morning. And he noticed, he, he looked at his dog. He's like, what's up with it? And his dog was dead. It like broke his neck. What? I actually seen the pictures. Of, uh, yeah, it like took his neck and like twisted it. And Oh, my God. You know, where, you know where Florence, Kentucky is? That's where that guy lives right mm-hmm. now. He he they, he that was in his grandfather's like like this stays in your family right and he had he's like I'm done. Wow. And uh, that's a cool Ohio story. I'll never forget that story. And, and you like, saw the pictures oh. of and, the dog. Yeah. And oh. and it just yeah it was disgusting. And I could just tell Holy the seriousness, God. the realness on these guys. You know when when I interview people, I interview them twice. That's just how I do. You know to see if they're if they add something or subtract something, well, this dude was just like you can just tell, man. This guy was shaking and like, you know, you know, and he was done. Wow! So, so he sold the place I mean, and moved. Yes, yes. His girlfriend like lives in Florence, that's, Kentucky, and he was retired, right? So he's like, all right, <laughs> you know, that's so. creepy. Yes, it is. So that's a that's a that's a cool Ohio story. I wanted to share, and he ended up yeah. at one of Don's conferences. So, and he told this story. Oh wow! So, and I got to interview him, and I wanted to, you know, I I got to go out and meet this guy. This is before me and Mike hooked up. So this was, you know, this right. was a few years ago. So, so there you go, there, Thomas. There's a cool Ohio uh, story. Mm, I'll say. I'll say those canines were rather rather trained dogs too. I mean, for something yeah. to uh, kill one of them and get off scot free, that's uh, yeah, that's quite something. Yeah, and there's always stories mm. they don't like dogs. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh yes, yeah. I've, I've, we've had a couple. Remember in one of our earlier episodes, Julia was talking about the history of dogs and Sasquatch here in British Columbia mm-hmm. on the Chehalis Reserve, where a dog was shattered against a, a large rock face. It looked like something had just swung it against a rock face and shattered every every bone and organ in its body. Wow. But no one, saw, no one saw what happened. They just heard the shriek of pain, and Dang. they went after it, and that's when, when they found the dog. That was in the late 1960s that happened. Wow. And I've heard so many stories, uh, one case in California, where they, they let the tracking dog go after with it. It's one of the few incidents where a dog seemed to be interested in the trail rather than cowering in fear. Uh, mm. went after it, and it just kept they kept hearing barking and barking away in the distance, and eventually they didn't hear it anymore, and they never got the dog back. Mm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, Bigfoot domestic dogs don't mix. No, uh, and, and he these, can really not. There isn't creatures, many wildlife and dogs that mix. <laughs> no, no, yeah. and, and it kind of cracks me up a little bit when I when I hear people talk about these creatures as the furry, furry forest friends. <laughs> Please, uh, I, I don't. I just don't see it. I mean, I, I've heard too many stories and talked to too many people where. They're quite certain that if this if these things wanted to rip their arm off and beat them over the head with it, they certainly could and would if they had the opportunity. Yeah, right. Now, do you remember I always said stick to the facts, never deviate the facts, and always keep in mind when you're interviewing somebody, a witness, 
you always keep in the back of your head, there's only three possibilities here. One, they saw a Sasquatch. Two, they mistook something or someone for a Sasquatch. Or three, they're lying. And it's the mm-hmm. ones that I can't explain away that have kept me intrigued all these years. Amen. Mm. Wow. Well, we're coming up on the the time limit here, guys. And uh, so basically, in a nutshell, um, Mike, you, you are probably very glad that you got to spend the time with Dom that you did, being that he's um, retired now and all. Yes. He shaped me to who I'm I am. I'm sure you're, you're grateful for that. I'm a humble person because, yeah, I'm not, you know, there's no going to be no egos with me. I just want to say thank you for having me on the phone here with Thomas Steinberg. Uh, it's It's been an honor because <laughs> I've got his books, and, you know, I, that's he's a legend to me. So uh, I never got to meet John Green before he passed, so I've only got to meet Peter Byrne. So that's – I would love to meet this man someday. And come up there. Mm-hmm, for me you. too. Well, both of you are welcome. Anytime you want to come up to British Columbia, come on up and we'll go out Sasquatch hunting. Great. Well, see, there you go. There you go. You better well, watch way, it, um, uh, Mike will be on your doorstep. Yeah. Where I'd have to bring my web- my other partner named Mike Miller, so I'd have to, I'm going to give a shout out to Mike Miller. Hey, Mike, yeah. uh, I'd have to definitely bring him. I'm actually going squatching with Julie in North Carolina in October, and I'm excited about that. But we'll yeah. go ahead there, Thomas. What was you going to say? I was asking where does one get and uh, can find your website? Uh, we well, actually have a Facebook page, Ohio Night Stalkers. Um, okay. It's just Facebook then, eh? Yes, right now. Yes, and oh, um, that's on for. See, for me, it's, uh, I have to look for you somewhere else because I don't have a Facebook account. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Every time I try to go on Facebook, it tells me to go away, sign up, you bum. <laughs> or, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely be, be sure to check out the Ohio Night Stalkers uh, yep. Facebook page. And also, uh, Thomas has the website, thomassteenberg.com. Um, a lot of good stuff on there as well. Awesome. And I want to thank both of you for coming on tonight. And I'm, uh, it was a great show. I'm glad we got to do it. And um, certainly shout out to Don Keating if he's listening to the show. A uh, great big thank you for all that you did over the years. Yeah, yes, Don. Don is listening. Give me a call just to say hello. I haven't heard from you in a while. Love to hear from him again. Yeah, Don, uh, Mike can send you Thomas's phone number and uh, give him a shout. Well, thank you both for coming on. Mike, you have a great night. Thank you, Julie. Thank you, You're Thomas. Welcome. Talk to you soon, buddy. All right, Roger that, Mike. Pleasure to talk with you. All right. Night, guys, and thank you, Don Keating. <laughs> and Thomas, thank you again for a wonderful show And we will definitely be back again next month For another episode of On the Shoulders of Giants
thank you for joining Monster X Radio 